0: in an area called, or actually it's called the Book of Acts, it's doctrine, and it's the commandments. Thousands receiving the Holy Ghost in his preaching. He would lead people through repentance uh, from the platform, and he would actually uh, speak the word of faith over group, and there would be thousands that receive the Holy Ghost just through the, the, the word of faith of this man. And he, one thing that he said constantly was that he would read, and reread the book of Acts over and over again. Because that truly is, that's where we, found, we find salvation. You do not find salvation in Romans 10. You actually find the road to salvation in Romans 10. We're the only ones that have the right to call the old Romans road. Yeah, the 10th chapter will lead you in the right direction, but you have to go to the book of Acts to find out what it's all about. And uh, it's 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 something that you we need to know. Now you can be seated because I'm going to have a lot of uh, just scripture that we're going to do. Now, as far as some of these scriptures are going to come up behind me, I may not necessarily read all of them because uh, there's there's several. But I would strongly suggest to you that you either keep note of these scriptures or listen to this over because this this is something that you can know and have in your heart and your spirit know how to teach it know how to respond to questions Uh, this is this is absolutely essential and not only is it essential it's a command and that's what we're talking about because we usually refer to the preaching the gospel as the Great Commission that's how we normally refer and sometimes this is downplayed now when Jesus Jesus sent his disciples out he commanded them to preach the gospel. He did not say, and and this is what a lot of times we're guilty of from the platform. I don't think we, including myself, I don't think I need. I put the emphasis. I thought I need to put the emphasis. I don't believe I put the emphasis on the command that Jesus made here enough. I would hate to stand before God someday and and, and Him to tell me that I, I missed out on something that I shouldn't have missed out on, that command to preach the gospel, the command to take this into the whole world, the command for me to reach out to the lost. That is the one thing that we should be sure of in our hearts and our spirit. That's the one thing that we know we need to do. We need to do this. And so He said, He didn't say if you're able to go, or He said, or if you have the opportunity. He didn't say that. He said it's a command. This is something that you must do. Acts 10.42 said, And He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is He which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Jesus commanded His disciples to go and preach the gospel. Now, a command is an order. In the military, if you disobey the orders of your commanding officer, you could be put in prison... Or sometimes, if it's in the midst of a battlefield, you could be shot. So that's how a command is actually seen by most people. You throw it in prison if you don't do it, or you could be shot if it's in the midst of a battle. So I want to be sure that I, I get this correct. I do not want to miss out on the command that Jesus has given me and somewhere lose out in the end of all of this. Jesus commanded His disciples to go and preach the gospel. Again, we need to know that it is something that we are commanded. If you don't get anything else tonight, get that one. First John two three through five. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep what His keep His commandments. If we keep His commandments, we know Him. If we keep them, in other words, if I'm not keeping His commandments, then I don't know Him. That's simple. He that saith that I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. Bible tells me that all liars will be thrown into the lake of fire. That's that, there again is simplicity. And the truth is not in him, but whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. It is important to understand that as the church, we are the last chance for people to be saved. We are placed on this earth as the last opportunity for people to be saved. If we are not out there and people are not hearing this message from us, then we are not doing what we are responsible to do. It doesn't matter if you are uh, your personality is somebody that's a little bit shy. It doesn't matter if you're a little bit backward. You've got a command from God. Now, if God gave me a command that I can believe, I can believe that He will empower me to be able to do that command. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't sit back and say, I don't have the personality to be a witness. You do have the personality. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Yes, I've got the Holy Ghost. That gives you the power to be witnesses unto Him. You have no choice in the matter. It's a command of God. And don't sit back and say, well, that's not my ministry. It is everybody's ministry. Yeah, give him a hand clap if you believe. It's all of our ministry. My grandfather got the Holy Ghost in nineteen, probably 1930s. They're about... Back when they, the Holy Ghost first fell, and he was living in the, in the Sanders area then, I remember him, I was pretty young, but I remember him telling me the story that when he received the Holy Ghost, they automatically gave him a license. He got a license to preach. You might have probably remember that. They gave him a license to preach. When you received the Holy Ghost, whoever you were, now at a certain age, you got a license to preach. Now we've got people who have to go to Bible school. Now we've got people who, you know, have got to have all these, you've got to read 785 books, and then when they get it, they still don't know how to preach. I mean, you stop and think about it. If you've got that, 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 that ignition power of the Holy Ghost, that's the best way to put it. You're able to catch on fire. someone hands you a license and say, go preach, I guarantee you we probably have more results than what we've got right now. That's what I'll start doing. Just making them out. Making them out. Got the Holy Ghost, go preach. Now you've got to do this, and, and you, know, you, you don't have any choice no matter. If you do it right when they get the Holy Ghost, then they don't get all that, you know, they, they get that seniority, they don't need it anymore. Oh, well, let's get, let's get away from that. Brother Robertson, what, what are you saying? Well, I'm saying that back then they used to have a lot more people receive the Holy Ghost because everybody thought they were supposed to go out and preach. That's just that simple. It is important, again, to understand that as a church, we are that chance. We are that opportunity. And, and, and His church, God is eager to use His church in a in a mighty way with a stretched-out arm to convince the world of sin and to turn them from the power of Satan to God so they can be saved. That is what God wants to do. Now, in Acts 5, 17-32, it's somewhat of a lengthy one. We're going to go through this. And read it, 5 through 32. Uh, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Do you see that? And when they heard that they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught, uh, but the high priest came, and they were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. And when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly truly found we shut with all safety and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within." Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple. What are they doing? They got out of prison, so they went back to the temple and are teaching the people. Someone give them a license to preach. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we strictly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and tend to bring this man's blood upon us. We told you not to do this, but you're doing it anyhow. Go on. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. This is the one point that you obey God rather than men. A lot of people take this Scripture out of context. And, you know, they'll say... Uh, you know, you preach a standard, but then the church, well, you know, God's not told me. Well, God just told you because we told you out of the Bible. And they'll throw that Scripture at you. You know, we'd rather obey God than men. This is what, look, keep this in context, that no man can tell you not to be a witness. No man can tell you not to be a witness. You have a responsibility to God to be that witness. And that's why we are witnesses. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. Last verse. Is there one more? Should be, yeah. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Actually, it was 32. You're right. The apostles were put in prison for preaching the gospel. The angel of the Lord set them free and tells them to go preach. That's what the angel tells them. The apostles preach and then are taken before the council. The council asks them a question. Didn't we command you not to preach? And Peter said we ought to obey God rather than men. And again, I've already went over that. We are obedient to God when it comes to being a witness. We are always obedient to God. There again, when no man has a right to tell you not to be a witness. Now I realize when a person first receives a baptism of the Holy Ghost, he's got that zeal, and again, the early apostolics realized that you took hold of that zeal. Because that zeal is what gets you somewhere. I'd rather have someone that would leave this altar with zeal than someone who had all, all the information and all the teaching in the world who won't use it. Give me the zeal every time. God commands us, his followers, to preach the gospel. The thoughts in your mind are probably something like this. The command was given to the apostles, not to us. This is how someone said, this is the apostles, this is what they were supposed to do. That's, that's, that's baloney. The command was given to the apostles, not to us, you would think that. And as we continue this study through the book of Acts, we will look at many scriptures where the believers, that's the disciples, that's what we are. We are the disciples of Jesus Christ. We're to preach the gospel of Christ and be witnesses of Him. And that, my friend, is one of the greatest honors you will ever have. You've got the opportunity to be a witness for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the High Potentate, the one and the only true God. You have that opportunity. Why would we want in any way to turn that around and leave that? Why would we not want to be obedient when it came to being a witness? To let them know what our Heavenly Father has done for us. What an opportunity. Look at Luke nine, twenty-three through twenty-six. There's three verses this time. Luke nine twenty-three. And he said to them <clears throat> If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man's advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Now look at that. that, that, that look at that. To be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to what? Deny yourself. And you don't do that once. You do that every day. Uh, If you haven't figured this out yet, if you haven't lived for God any length of time, you will find out that every day I have to tell myself no. Every day I have to put an emphasis on I'm going to get up at a certain time, I'm going to be at church at a certain time. She's been on time. I'm so proud of her. I can quit praying about that. I'm going to tear up that page up there. <laughs> every day I have to get up and deny myself. Because the old man, Rick Robertson, wants to do what he wants to do every day. That's what he wants to do. I have to get up and say, you know, I, I, I'm not going to read sports Afield this morning. I'm going to read my Bible. Then I'll read sports Afield and i have to i have to i have to force myself sometimes to get up and pray but when i get into prayer i enjoy it what is it about us that that has to force ourselves that's what it's saying deny yourself take up your cross because sometimes it's a burden to force yourself to do the things that we're supposed to do because this man doesn't want to, I prefer uh, doing something else, doing something to appease me rather than that which I know I need to do to appease him and to do what's right. When in reality, after I do it, I feel a hundred times better. It's like coming to a prayer meeting. There's always something that you you have to do before you come to the prayer meeting, and you say, "Oh, I don't." Know. But when you get there and get into prayer, you feel so much better, and you leave this place knowing that you've done the right thing and feeling good about it. That's why we have to deny ourselves every day. And if your goal in life is to make yourself happy, then the Bible says, what it said, if you're going to lose your life, if it's to make you happy, you will lose your life. That's what it said. But if your goal in life is to do His will, then you're going to gain eternal life. So to do His will means I'm going to have eternal life. To do my will, I'm going to lose my life. If you're ashamed of Jesus Christ and His words, then He will be ashamed of you when He returns. Mark sixteen fifteen says, "And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to just a few people that you know." Does I say that? I get some new glasses. Okay, He said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to your immediate family. Right? Anybody want to think? I mean, am I preaching good stuff up here? Am I telling you the truth? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to the Muslims. They need it. Well, we'll just put it in one big thing here. It says go into the (laughs) world and preach the gospel to every creature. Your immediate family, your uh, people you don't like, and to the Muslims, and to the Catholics, and to you know, I had to go out. I had to go out. I haven't had a drummer in so long. I had, I had to go out somewhere and dig one up. I finally found this guy here, a homeless guy in the back. He, he played the drums for me. <coughs> He's back here shaking his head, and I can barely see him. It's probably a good thing. Uh, so I, and God wants everyone to hear the gospel and have a chance to respond to the gospel. It's a matter of, of not just hearing it, but we want people to respond to it. And that's why we preach the word with love. That we give it to people with a loving spirit. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to repent. That's God's will. We know, even though it's God's will, that not everybody will. But we don't know who will and who won't. That's why we preach it to everyone. Matthew 20, 18-20, And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the world. So we have to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So when I put down somebody, I put them down in the name of the Father once, Name of the son once and another again twice, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. so I have to put him down three times. Is that correct? Well, I've got to get him the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost, right? There's three names there, correct? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Anybody want to I'm trying to get somebody to dispute with me, to argue with me, debate with me. Come on. Wake up! I put them down once in the name of the Father, once in the name of the Son, and once in the name of the Holy Ghost. Right? I have put them down three times. Go ahead. (laughs) We could get the seven spirits of God in the book of Revelation, so we put them down nine times. One in the name of the Father, one in the name of the Son, one in the name of the Holy Ghost, one in one Spirit, one in the next Spirit, and the next Spirit, and the next Spirit. And then we could do what they said, we, did you get baptized in the name of Cephas? So we could put down one in the name of Rick Robertson. How's that? So we get an even ten. We could go for a dozen. It says, baptizing them in the name singular of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus said John five forty three, I have come in my father's name. What name was there? It's not Jesus Christ, because Christ means the anointed one, so it's Jesus. That's one name. What's the name of the Son? Jesus, that's one name. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? John fourteen twenty six said he came that the comforter shall be sent in his name. What name is that? Jesus. So we put him down one time in Jesus' name, and that's exactly what that's what Peter was saying on the day of Pentecost when he said baptizing in the name of Jesus. Now are you understanding what I'm saying? we are the only ones that are obedient to that scripture because we put them down in the name of the Father, Jesus, in the name of the Son, Jesus, in the name of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. One name, one time you need to be baptized. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. Thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus said that the gospel is to be taught to all nations. Another important aspect is that he told them to teach the new disciples to observe all things that he commanded the disciples. Now, Luke twenty four forty seven, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. What name is that? Jesus, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Acts 1, 1 through 8, uh, there's eight verses, you can see it as we go. I'm just going to tell you what it says as she uh, runs through it up here behind me. Jesus, in this case, gave commandments to his disciples before he ascended. They were to wait in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? It was the baptism of the Spirit. That's when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Why do we seek for people to speak in other tongues? We don't. I seek for people to receive the Holy Ghost. When they receive the Holy Ghost, they will speak with other tongues. That is the evidence of the change and the infilling that Jesus Christ has given them. We all have to have an infilling. We have to have some evidence. We have to know that something has happened. A lot of times when people speak in other tongues, they don't remember it. But there's somebody there that has heard them speak in that heavenly language. What do you say? I want to hear them speak and then I want to say, do you feel joy? Because well, that's the first thing you should feel when you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's a joy of the Lord that has entered into you. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I have a peace of heart. I've got righteousness through His righteousness and I have the joy because God has done a wonderful work in me. Why do I need the Holy Ghost? That is the power that's going to change the this vile body and it's going to change me and I'm going to have a glorified body and I'm going to be like him. Oh, Aren't you glad you've got the Holy Ghost? And if you haven't, don't you wish you had it right now? You know, God can just give it to you by just raising your hands. God will fill you right where you are. That's exactly what he do. Oh, God, people have got to get with it here. Got to get with it. Afterwards, they were to be witnesses of Jesus beginning in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and throughout the world. Now, with this command comes great authority and responsibility acts four eighteen through 20 says and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of jesus but peter and john answered and said unto them whether it be right in the sight of god to hearken unto you more than unto god judge ye for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and we heard i know it firsthand he said i've seen it and i've heard that's what people tell me well I, you know I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's necessary to speak in tongues or not. I, I, I don't know if it's real. You're trying to tell me when I've seen it through all these years that it's not real? You're trying to tell me that? What gives you the right to tell me that it's not real when I have seen it and I have heard it? You don't have the right to do that. You don't have the right to say, well, it's not. just because you don't believe in it, because it doesn't happen for you, does that mean it didn't happen for the thousands and thousands that are out there? Matthew 4, 23 through 25. Let's look at that one. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatics, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him a great multitude of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan River and from beyond the Jordan River see people from beyond the Jordan can even get saved look at that <clears throat> now he preached the gospel of the kingdom he healed the sick and he cast out devils great multitudes followed him when Jesus sent his disciples out he commanded them to do the very same thing that he did he commanded them in Matthew 10 1 through8 she's going to show it and just I'm not going to read it she'll show it you look at this. Jesus gave his 12 disciples commandments. Preach the good news, including repentance. Heal the sick and cast out devils. Now, this is what he told them to do. It's right there behind me. And Luke 10, 1 through 9, again, I'm not going to read it, but let's look at it. I'm just going to kind of give you a synopsis here. Jesus gave his 70 disciples commandments. Preach the good news, including repentance. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. Pretty much the same thing that Matthew 10 said, isn't it? Pretty much the same. When Jesus sent his disciples out to preach the gospel before he ascended to heaven, he had them preach about his death, burial, and resurrection through repentance That's death. We have to die to the old man. Water baptism, buried him in baptism. And receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Resurrection power. Death, burial, resurrection. You can die in repentance. You can be buried in water baptism. But if you do not get the resurrection power, you are not going to make it. You hear me? You have to have the resurrection power. 1 Corinthians fifteen, one through 5, let's read what is the gospel. I'm going to prove what I just said. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died... For our sins, death, according to the Scripture, and that he was buried. All right, we know that one, buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Death, burial, and resurrection. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. So here we see Paul speaking to the Corinthians, talking about the death and the burial of Jesus Christ, and arising again through the resurrection power. Uh, So that that is, he he rose again. That's what the gospel is. Our identification, the Bible speaks repeatedly we have to believe the gospel when we believe the gospel then we identify with the gospel through again death burial and resurrection and we do that repentance baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost that's how we identify with it so we see this a resurrection of Christ and also being witnesses and he said you're gonna be witnesses of these things witnesses of what witnesses of the power of the death burial and resurrection When I have done that myself, when I've received that power, the gospel power, through repentance, water baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, then I have identified and firsthand I know the gospel message. I have seen a part of the gospel. I have seen the death, burial, and resurrection. I know how it works. So I'm a witness of that. In the book of Acts, they preach the same way that Jesus taught them. They healed the sick, cast out devils preaching the gospel, and obedience to the gospel. This is how they did it. Look at John 14, 10 through 14. I'll read this one. John 14, 10 through 14. Did I give you that one? Are you getting slow in your old age? I know I never make a mistake. There we go. That's John 14, uh, yeah, 10 through 14. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Look at that one God scripture. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works. If you don't want to believe that I am the one true God, then believe me for the works that's happening here. Look what I'm doing. Go on. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And look at this. Greater works. This has always been a real, a real stickler. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He said, the works that I do, he said, you're going to do, and greater works. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I think there's one more. If you shall ask anything in my name, he said, I will do it. He said, the Father that dwells in me does the work. If you believe in me, the works that I do, you will also do and greater works. Now, first off, what's Jesus saying? He said, you're going to do things greater than I did. Now, we can look at that multiplication simply because... A part of Jesus dwelt within each one of those apostles like a part of Jesus dwells within each person that's received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So the word is multiplied by the amount of people that are out there. But that's not all of it. A lot of people stop right there. Now, we multiply by teaching, preaching the gospel. We appoint others. We do this. And and it says, whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father can be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, he said, I will do it. Now, these are powerful words, and it's important to understand that this, was, this had to do, again, with not just preaching the gospel, but is inclusive of preaching the gospel. This is to do with helping people, yes. To believe in Jesus Christ, yes. Which happens through the preaching of the gospel and signs and wonders, yes. But we do greater things. Now, this is the one thing that people miss. There is not one place where you will find that Jesus' shadow ever touched somebody and they were healed. But Peter's did. You see that? Jesus was telling them, I'm giving you, you're going to do. It's the Elijah, Elisha thing. Elisha did twice as many miracles. Because the mantle, he was there, he was there when he saw the resurrection, if you would, of Elijah. Elijah. We, when we understand the resurrection power, the gospel message, death, burial, and resurrection power, greater things can happen by our hands. The shadow of Peter fell on people that were sick. God does this with people today. Why it doesn't work today the way it did back then is simply because we don't believe the way we did they did back then. We don't have the faith they had back then. Why? Because we don't need to. We don't need to because we have everything that we could ever want. But the fact is, when you fall in love with Jesus Christ and you want to see people saved, these things will begin to happen again. When you can handle it, when a person can, can say, hey, you know, I, I can lay hands on the sick and they really are going to recover, and I'm not going to get a big hit about this, but I want to see people saved as a result of what's going on. That is the greatest thing that we can do, is to believe this and know what this Scripture is saying. Greater things will you do than I do because I go to my Father. Why is it so great? Because we as God's people, multiplied, can touch untold millions of people through this, uh, through this knowledge. We have the ability to go far and beyond if we will grasp it and do it. But we've got to fall in love enough with Jesus to truly be a witness of the things that He has done. John 15, seven, I'm not going to read 7 through 17. It's going to come up behind me. She'll just work through it there. But it speaks of abiding in Christ and let His words abide in you. And He said, if you do this, you will ask what you need and it shall be done if ye abide in me. And my words abide in you. He said, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done. If ye abide in me, how do you, get in, how do you abide in Christ? You're baptized into him. That's the baptism of the water and of the Spirit. You're baptized in him. That's how you abide in Christ. But his words have to abide in you. That means the word of God is a part of my life. It's not just words that are written on a page. It got off that page a long time ago and got in here. That's what I preached this past Sunday night. When we believe from the heart, that means it's painfully a part of us, if you understand that. I believe it to such a degree that I don't care what I have to do to get there, I'm going to do it. It's painfully a part of me. I'm going to step out on a limb, and I'm going to saw the limb off, and I'm going to believe that God's going to catch me when I fall. That's, That's believing and letting His words abide in you. The Father... Then is glorified if you bear much fruit or be fruitful. It also says to love each other. He chose you and ordained you, laid hands upon in in order to multiply oneself. That's what that's talking about. It's laying hands on and multiplying. and And you would go and be fruitful. That's what we're supposed to do we are supposed to that's why they handed out the 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 preacher's license to every adult that received the holy ghost go out and be fruitful multiply this is not just for you this is not just for us in this church not just for bloomington not just for the area surrounding us not just for indiana it's for the whole world it's for the whole world that your fruit he said would remain that whatever you ask in his name he would give it to you and he will Acts four, eighteen through thirty three. Let's look at I'm gonna read that one. Acts four. I probably didn't write those down for you, I'm sorry. I think I got moving too quick. Acts four, eighteen through thirty-three. And they called them and they commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered unto them, Whether it be right in sight of God, and hearken you more than unto God, judge ye. I think I read that one before, but let's just keep going. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them, because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above forty years old, in whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever, the hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants... That with all boldness they may speak thy word. Look at that. With all boldness. Grant to us. That's what we need to pray. We need to pray this prayer. God give us the boldness. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place, look at this, the place was shaken. Because the prayer was not a selfish prayer. They wanted the people reached. They wanted boldness to reach them. The place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Refilled, really. They were refilled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Sometimes, if you're not, you don't have the boldness, what you need to do is come down here and pray to your talking tongues again. That's what you do. Get a renewing of that boldness all over again. The church was threatened. People glorified God due to the miracle that had been done. A crippled man was healed. A result of this miracle was that 5,000 people believed the gospel and the Lord was glorified. Believers had a prayer meeting where they asked the Lord to give them boldness to preach the gospel through signs and wonders. God granted their prayer. Now, whatever you need to have in order to preach the gospel, you ask Him and He will grant it. Because that is God's desire. That is His will. God commands us to go and be fruitful by healing the sick, casting out devils, and preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you need in order to make this happen, ask of Him. And He'll give it to you. This is not to satisfy your wants, but to enable you to preach the gospel. This is not selfish. Do you believe that God in any way is going to deny you this? The only way He's going to deny you, if you're selfish, if you want to consume something on your own lust, that's when He denies you. But this is not something we consume on our own lust. This is something that people need. This is God's will. Romans 15 18 through 19, he said, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, though mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about into Lycrium I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. It's taking the gospel to the streets and from house to house. That's what the book of Acts tells us. Heal the sick, cast out devils, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Folks, it's not about us. It is certainly not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. Now, I'd like to go a little bit further. I didn't make it, but I will do this. you have any questions, comments, uh, anything that you can add to what I just said concerning the book of Acts, you know, we're going to be in the book of Acts for a while. If you have anything that you would like to add to this. Here, you're such a mild speaker. Yes, you are. (laughs) Um,
1: Multiplication um, and the impartation, the laying of hands has been so important. And I believe God's been just giving me so much revelation on it. And I think the the early church did it. Mm -hmm. They knew how to do it. And and that was one of the keys of them having the power and having the authority to do what they did. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, with, with your dad and others that, you know when they received, they 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 gave them that authority. Yeah. They gave them the delegated authority, and they sent them forth. And I told brother brother Ayers, um, uh... after we had the prayer meeting last last uh, Wednesday night um, at the prayer journey that he carries an anointing with him of intercession. Yes, he does. And I've and I've seen um, in 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 my own ministry at the altar, uh, different times and, and conferences. Um, I've been able to impart. Uh, that unto people i've seen them break through for the first time ever getting into the spirit of uh, intercession right right. and uh, i just uh, i feel like we need to encourage each other to to impart the gifts that that god has given us so much more when we see the time approaching because we we don't have time to be selfish with those gifts we don't have time to be selfish with um with you know bringing glory to ourselves you know and i think that's part of um the fault that you know i guess we we've had is that we, we have great preachers we have great men um, but in a way they're you know they're they're holding it to themselves they're not yeah. imparting it they're not yeah. and that's why brother stone king he went around and and he told everyone to do this and he 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 demonstrated how to do this and that's
0: yeah. why he was so su- successful that's very good why why you know one of the, the main things one of the things that's always been a <coughs> my pet peeve i suppose is um you know that no flesh should glory in His presence, and I've talked about that several times. Uh, why is it? Why is it that we we don't go forward and and use and impart our gifts? Because I, I'm, I'm going to say something here that's going to make you probably raise your eyebrows, but uh, I was I was a part of it. I'd never seen it before, and uh, <clears throat> I, I was in it was in the Philippines in Manila, and we, uh, it's, uh, Brother Wolfram. We were there. I was. I was teaching in a, I was teaching in a seminar on gifts. And when it, it came his time to teach, he 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 went through what he was teaching. Then he asked. He asked anybody out there. Now there was a lot of these were ministers. There was a lot of them. He asked him, Do you feel like you have that gift? I want you to come up, come forward. And it was, he was actually speaking on prophecy. And he laid hands on that guy. and He said, Now prophesy. Now, you're talking about putting them in a, <laughs> in a position. Now, you prophesy. And he was, a, of course, Filipino minister, and he did. You know, he prophesied. And he felt like, I don't know, these were ministers, but I'm saying, you know to put someone in that position, a lot of people would have looked down on that and thought, well, you know, well, you're trying to make him have a gift. God's not giving it to him. He did have the gift. He just needed to be released. He just needed to, to get out of himself and out of the fear that's associated with that. Now, I know, I know there's other people here feared of, of stepping out. I know you, I'll point at you because I can give you grief. Uh, we had a tongues on Sunday morning and he came up to me later and said, I know I should have stepped out and done it. But it's just that fear that stops us from doing that last, or that first little step, not the last, it's that first little step to be able to be what we need to be. And and folks listen to me you can go out and I've, I've had this happen to me you can go out and, and be in a restaurant and you don't have to be an idiot about it but I have had I had to remember one particular instance when there was a, a couple I had a, a child and and uh, and I the child looked normal I, there was nothing abnormal but God kept prompting me to ask them and I asked them if I could pray for the child and it turned out it turned out that I forget now what she she had a disease a killing disease and, uh, and when I said, may I pray for him, I just feel like I, I, I should do that. And if you don't want me to, and that's how I said it, that's fine. You're not going to hurt my feelings. And, of course, they wanted me to, and I prayed for them. And they were good enough, to, about two weeks later, for them to send me a letter and let me know that they took that child in and it was completely healed. So, so I'm saying when you feel those things and you don't act on them, and you, again, you don't have to say, oh, I'm going to, you know, go lay hands, start talking in tongues, you don't have to do that. You can just quietly pray for God hears that prayer because he's given you that anointing for that, that particular reason. There's some people in here tonight that you have, got, you have got gifts of healing as a part of your ministry. You, you know, th- there's others in here that have uh, prophetic ministries. You know, there's, there's people in here that I, I know have had the word of wisdom and word of knowledge, and, and, you've, and you've used them before but you let these things go dormant because somehow you feel like that you, you know, you're not good enough or there's other people more worthy than you. When God wants to use you, He wants you to step out. And when you begin to step out, I, I really believe this, we, we multiply when we step out and use what God has given us. Then that's when we begin to multiply. That's when we begin to get other people that will do the same thing. You know, it takes one person sometimes to step out and say, well, if they can do this, then I can do what I feel like God wants me to do. Anybody else have anything to say? Add two? Go ahead, brother. Here. I'll let you... Uh...
2: step out and we take action, those things follow us up. We begin to see the fruit thereof, the evidence thereof. And, and again, it, it's just a matter of us getting out of ourselves, getting out of our comfort zone, getting out of the box and saying, all right, God, I, I'm, I'm going to believe you, uh, and I'm going to expect you to be here because you said. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember my cousin, he, he had just gotten back in church, he came home from uh, work and walked in the door and he said, Dad, where's Mom? And He said, well, she's upstairs sick. And He said, come on, we're going to go pray. And he he went in the kitchen, grabbed a bottle of oil, went upstairs, and prayed a little simple prayer, and he took the the trash can that was there that she'd been sick in, took it out, started cleaning things up, and my uncle said, what are you doing? He said, we prayed for her. He said, she's going to be better. Yeah,
0: yeah, there you go.
2: Stepping out, yeah. like Peter, step out of the boat. Yeah. When step out, that's when we see the
0: You know what the problem is? The problem is you're afraid of failure. Absolutely. And, and and what did what did Peter walked on it for a little while? Then he began to sink because he was afraid of failure. Do you see what I'm saying? You begin to go down. You begin to sink when you begin to think about all the reasons why you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Or you shouldn't have that particular gift. When God has given you the gift and calling of God, without repentance, He doesn't change His mind. It is you that changes Him. Anybody else? Go ahead. Excellent. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great point. The failure is used to help so many thousands or millions, actually, of people. Uh, that, that's 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 a really good point. That sort of talks about you know all things work together for good to them that love God. And and we're we may be afraid of stepping out. May be afraid of 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 interpreting, uh, if you would, that that tongues that came forth. You know we're afraid that it'll sound stupid, or that we'll miss it, we'll mess it, or mess it up, and something. And just it, it, sometimes, folks. Again, I'll say this: a tongues can go for thirty minutes, but the interpretation may be ten seconds. What matters is that it gets done, and the church it gets edified. As says, "Done for the edification of the church." Actually. Edification comes when that person that's never been used of God before steps out and is used. It edifies everybody. We expect the same people to do it. We expect it. Well, you know, Bob ought to be interpreting that. Brother Robertson ought to be interpreting that. Well, yeah, We have it. And, and, you know, I'll be honest with you. There's been times I've had interpretations, and I would not give them because somebody else was supposed to give them. And I'm just bullheaded enough, not with God, because I felt right with God that there was somebody else that needs to step into that particular slot and and take and, and do that themselves. And and if there again, if that's if that's like calling a man up and telling him now prophesy, we just had it. That's exactly how I feel about it. You step up and you and you and you do it. You do what God's told you to do. And yes, there's a possibility. You brought that up. That, and I've heard it before, that at the same time two people begin to they begin to say it. Well, then you just stop, and if he stops, then you go on. Because the Bible actually speaks about one tongue, and you can have three interpretations. Or you can have three tongues and three interpretations. You just don't go more than three. So it can happen that way. And you might be surprised. I have actually heard two people come up with the tongues and in one interpretation and another one to follow up almost immediately when that one person stopped and continued on. That's when you know that you're, you're flowing. So, you know, I, 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 we want everything to be done decently and in order, but sometimes, folks, <laughs> sometimes you have to take a chance of being out of order in order to be in order. Now, if you can't figure that one out, don't ask me. I don't know why in the world I said it. Okay, so <laughs> I'd rather take a risk a little bit and, and get, not, not chastised, but get instructed. You know, it's okay to make a mistake and, and have someone tell you what your mistake was. You just, you have to, you can't take it personally. You just say, I want to be used of God. And believe me, when it comes to spiritual gifts and any of this, make sure you have to, they're, they're still, we're still in there. We're still a part of it. It's still our mouth and our minds. It's all of this that sometimes can get in the way. But you can't be afraid. Anybody else? Anybody else? Good. Stand with me. Opportunities. It's what grace is all about. Grace simply means an opportunity. And God, we're living in that time of grace, so we have an opportunity every day that we get up to reach somebody, touch somebody, to see somebody healed, to see somebody uh you know, delivered, to see somebody just encouraged. Every day you have that opportunity with what you have in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it's just a matter and, and, and I I I have been I I I have been guilty, I guess is the best way for me to say it, of sometimes not wanting, you know, to wanting to get away from it. I I you know, this past past year I went I went bear hunting in Canada by myself and I was anxious to be by myself. I had a cabin all to myself and the guy run it he, he <laughs> He won't come down, come over to my cabin and talk to me about spiritual things. Yeah, he didn't have the Holy Ghost, but he won't talk about it. And, and you know, you you if you really love God, you're gonna find yourself no matter how much you try to get away from it, God's gonna have an opportunity for you to do it. And, and you find out, Oh, God forgive me for, for being this way, forgive me for for wanting to kind of pull away. And uh, I, I mean it was I go down to I go down to eat and uh, he would wait on me like I was a king. And he would, if anybody was drinking or something, he'd tell him quit drinking because I was there. And I finally got to the point where I didn't want to go down there because I'm afraid everybody else hated my guts. You know, I'd, I, I messed up their drinking. I mean, you know. <laughs> but it was just, you know, it was an opportunity to talk to one after the other. There's always those opportunities. And please, please don't, don't, don't feel like I'm not good enough. Don't feel like I don't have the wisdom. You'd be surprised at what your personal testimony, of what Jesus has done for you, can do for someone else. You'd be so surprised. Let's raise our hands to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your goodness, your mercy. We praise, we honor you, we glorify you, and we thank you, Lord. I pray that you touch each and every one. God, allow your word to so deeply, God, be entrenched within our hearts, God, that we can always, Jesus, pull pull something out when we need to. Let the opportunities arise. And I bind every unclean spirit that would try in any way to 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 tell people that they weren't worthy of what you have done. I bind it now. And let them have that opportunity to do wonderful things in your name. In Jesus' name,
2: amen.
0: Lord bless you.